This is the Atomic Shoreman Sweat Lodge. He brings the heat to smoke the meat. If anybody wants to sell their guns, like, give them, like, show them to me. Yeah. Going low and slow. Should show you the way, brothers. It's a bird. We can debate it. It's a plane. And I think we should. It's Firebat. If your lying ass government wants you to believe in aliens, you should question that. If there's a OSHA regulation. He's gonna get raped in a van down by the river. He's violating it. That's right. The man they call Windigo. You guys are unironically making me want to fucking hang myself. He's the resident sound hound. Guys, don't be like me. Don't get into cars with strangers. The audio wizard in the acoustic blizzard. Damn. Fixed in post editing, bitches. Give it up for Van Rollington. Have you ever seen a prolapsed anus before? <laughs> The graphics guru of digital visuals. Oh, they glow! He puts the Aspen aesthetics. The memes that they're generating is pure comedy gold. The tribal chief himself. And if you look at the board of directors, you'll realize they are all members of the enemy tribe. Klaus Newhouse. I just went in, shook the boss's hand, and he gave me the job. Special guest. He's not a man you want to push. My catchphrase is, gender theory is pedophilia's Trojan horse. He can survive out in the bush. When the, when the pig ejaculated on the woman as she was masturbating it, I, I threw up. He doesn't have to lie low. In Melbourne, they, the, the cops took a knee at the BLM protest. It's retarded. To deflect those that glow. Oh, I would trigger the hell out of that person. He's Tony Kesso. Thanks, bro, with my arm around him. You're a really cool guy. I'm just going to go home and fuck my girlfriend now. For breaking news to breaking bucks. The celebration of White Boy Summer continues. Welcome to the Atomic Shoreman Sweat Lodge. Let's go. Yeah, it's been a very exciting, if not interesting, last two weeks since our last show. So oh, we started yes. off uh, a memorial of a great one who has passed and left us too early. So Trevor Moore, co-founder of the sketch comedy group, The Whitest Kids You Know, Died in an unspecified accident Friday at the age of 41. He was seen distributing red pills on social media before his untimely demise. And I got a little clip if you're not unfamiliar with his work. So let me shoot yeah. that up on the screen. We love this show. Yeah, great show. Can you guys see it? Uh, it's, it's loading. Oh, there we go. Hey Bill! Oh, hey Bill! Bill! Hey Bill! Hey Dave! Hey! Dave. Shh. What's going on? Shh. Come on! Wendy's sleeping. Come on, man! What? Don't wake her up! Come on, let's go! What? Race war! Race war! Race war? Come on, Bill! Race war! What do you mean? You need to survive. Remember, we, did we always talk about wanting to do that? Come on, Bill. Race more. You can be captain. I'm going to be sergeant. No. Oh, is that Wendy? Yeah, she, you woke her up. Tell her I said, hey, is she still mad at me? Yeah, she is. Come on, man. Race more. Bring her. No, don't bring her. She's, what is she? What? She's a... Italian. Yeah, don't bring her. Hey, you want to get her? No. You like her. That's right. No. No. That's right. Come on, man. Well, don't tell her. She might tell the Italians. 
Dude, it's the same race. As what? Us? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. We're American. Kind of. What are you? English. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is somebody to blame for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, trip. So, uh, California dad killed his kids over a QAnon and serpent DNA uh, accusations. Oh yeah. So. Let me get to that. That's the closest thing we're getting to a schizo post. Oh, we couldn't find any good schizo posting. That's kind of sad. No, it could. So, uh, so, so Matthew Taylor Coleman, 40 age, uh, was charged Wednesday with foreign murder of U.S. nationals connection with the death of his two-year-old son and 10-month-old daughter, according to U.S. Attorney's Office at Central District of California. Coleman confessed the killings, telling the FBI that he used a spear fishing gun to stab them, already said. So he told the FBI he killed his children because he believed they were going to grow into monsters and that the conspiracy theories led him to believe that his wife passed down her serpent DNA to the kids, according to a criminal complaint. So I have to ask this question. You know, this might, this might be an unpopular question, but like, is his wife Jewish? Like, what's going on here? Why did he think? That? I, I don't know why he thinks he's got serpent I, DNA. You know I, I why? You know what I mean, though. I'm not even I, trying I to like. I don't know if this related to the story where a man, you know, gave 23andMe his monitor lizard's uh, saliva for a DNA <laughs> test. I don't yeah. know if that's something to do with that, but yeah. it doesn't go into details. So uh, okay. So yeah, uh, first, uh, we get a friends reunion, and then we get Britney Spears is free. Grand Theft Auto 3 is getting digitally remastered. Oh, and the Taliban are back. It's like the oh, early 2000s all town. over again. It's like, yeah, 2001. Where's the time gone? It's the dimensional so, uh, merge. We just I merged guess. with the 2000 dimension. Are these all the original characters of the 2000s? Osama bin Laden is an original character. So, so we uh, just the... couldn't live without the Taliban, you know? We needed the Taliban back. So, um... The Taliban has seized 600,000 M16, 2,000 plus armored vehicles, including MRAPs, 40 aircraft, which uh, comp, you know are Scan Eagle drones and Blackhawk, 162,000 pieces of comm equipment, and 16,000 MVGs. So uh, they also have the biometric data of everyone that was helping coalition forces. That's right. Good. And so. Um, Afghanistan collapses to control the Taliban or the Chataban as they're being called on social media. So this is this shit show is so bad that uh, liberal controlled news agencies are attacking Joe Biden. And uh, we're suspecting that a 25th Amendment reason will be his removal from office. Uh, they usually don't attack their own. So I think something's in the works. If they're all going out. Even Hollywood's jumping in. Yeah, so, so the brain so bug the told president. 
<laughs> so there's a Apu Apu Stasha account on Twitter that negotiated the release of Spanish diplomats from Afghanistan. His username is Ramon Alam based. And uh, that is pretty based that he did more for these Spanish diplomats than his own country could have done for them. And uh, that's probably the first time I think we've seen Kekistani diplomats in action. Kekistani's diplomats do better than actual Frog ambassador. And me, magic is real, people. So an estimated 10,000 American civilians were left behind in Afghanistan. And the State Department told him to shelter in place and wait for word from the embassy. But uh, isn't the embassy taken over by the Taliban? So I don't know how reliable that is. Would you Who shut is up, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here's uh, the skits. There's some more schizo posting based on the current events. So everybody knows that there's a video where you see a C-17 and people are clinging to the landing gear and you see it taking off. Well, there's rumors that the C-17 in that video of the falling Afghanis is supposedly fake. So tail number 02 space 0119, which people are saying is reverse 911. Uh, this is a message to the cabal that they know what's going on. Well, it's apparently missing a service panel, a side door, approach lights, a turbine engine, and has blacked out windows. And this aforementioned plane was decommissioned after its involvement in Operation Neptune Spear, where Osama bin Laden was dispatched. Yeah, dispatched to his new living quarters. That that must have been Osama hanging onto that plane. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of arguing going on. So uh, the thought-pocalypse is approaching. So uh, OnlyFans is removing sexually explicit content starting October 1st. And I guess the pornographers and the banking cartel got together and had a meeting. So um, there's an OnlyFans model suspected of cooking the remains of her boyfriend and feeding it to her neighbors. And uh, she's also suspected of killing nine others. I don't have her name, and I don't know if she's a Florida woman. It's Windigo GF. Windigo G girlfriend. Sometimes and I, I, Elizabeth Bundy. <laughs> So uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the news recently. He uh, he has returned to his uh, family's Nazi roots and proclaimed school your freedom. And uh, I don't mean your Squatamalan housekeeper. So he was recently busted in public for not wearing a mask, even though he's telling people they should wear one. And uh, Redcon One has recently pulled their corporate sponsorship from Arnold. So they were quoted saying, with the global influence, that Arnold personally possesses, we find his ideology dangerous and anti-American. Redcon One is a patriotic, pro-freedom band rooted in the uncompromising, unapologetic belief that you, as an American, are entitled to your freedoms and opinion and should not be insulted or persecuted for having a varying view. And we support Based. everyone's individual freedom. So I'm going to have to buy some supplements for those guys. That's what I'm going to Yeah, that's, that's, that's good shit. I appreciate that. So, on to the topic at hand. We got a special guest tonight who is a targeted individual. Uh, Senor Queso. Uh, I think your t- first name's Tony. Um, Tony very interesting Jesus. name. Tony, interesting name. Uh, for, those, for those that live up north, uh, you've definitely got a southern accent. But let's start <laughs> your interview. So, uh, how long have you been a targeted individual? Well... 
it probably traces back to when um, I was informed of some information. I think we talked about this in another chat about um, a possible pedophile blackmail scheme thing that was going on in Adelaide in the 90s. It was a nightclub that I discovered from a friend that my estranged wife used to attend regularly as a VIP member. And they uh, had an upstairs club. It was a goth emo club. There were satanic pictures all over the walls and stuff like that. The, the lawyer who owned the, who was a criminal lawyer, who owned the um, nightclub, actually produced a book on Satanism. And um, there was hidden cameras in the ceilings and walls of this nightclub. And all the elite kids of Adelaide, this is kids of children of magistrates, children of politicians, private school kids, all attended this club all were plied up with drugs from the owner and I was informed that underage street kids were drugged up and added to these orgy mixes they had, these drug-fueled orgy mixes. Now, I initially thought when my friend told me this, he was he was being delusional. And I'd literally, my stranger wife's a, a Greens MP in the Upper House of State Parliament in the second eight-year term, and I asked her in the kitchen of her house, after I'd just got $50 for mowing a lawn, I had four days custody of a child, she had three. And I said, um, did you ever notice anything odd going on at that nightclub? You were friends with the owner. And she thought I inferred they'd slept together. I said, no, he was the weird satanic lawyer who lost his right to practice law because he masturbated in front of a 15-year-old client in his, in his office. And that, that's literally happened. I checked all this. And she freaked out, raced out of the kitchen, grabbed her phone, sent a frantic series of texts, and then came in and said she didn't, it's notice anything. And I took my daughter home. I dropped her off on the Thursday, the 24th of February, 2019. It's the last day I saw my daughter. And, um, and then on Sunday, I rang Tammy and from a bus stop, even informed her I was when the bus was coming because I just dropped in to buy a bottle of wine because my brother was coming over for dinner to confirm what time I was picking up my daughter in the morning because my daughter was doing homeschooling. And... Um, she confirmed the time, and then 10 minutes after the phone call, three guys rode three abreast down the, foot, down the footpath, not a car on the road, there's a bike lane on the road, and I had to jump backwards, and all I said was, Jesus Christ, there's a bike lane for a reason, give me a fucking break, and walked back to the bus stop. These three men turned around on their bikes, rode back, jumped off. I got a broken nose from an uppercut, scratch retina in left, my left eye, scratch under my right eye, and then two of them were holding me by the shoulders, and the third one was trying to punch me in the back of the head and the neck. And the bottle shop guy had already run the police. Uh, someone driving past who, luckily for me, was ex-Australian Army, made his girlfriend do a U-turn in her car or a, hook, or a hook turn, and he jumped out and fought these guys off. And during the whole attack, like, like these guys are holding me by the shoulders, pushing me forward, and the other one's trying to punch me in the back of the spine. And, you know, these, these guys were dead silent during the whole time. Oh, I got taken off to hospital, or, you know, had concussion tests, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the retina was the only damage. And um, in the morning, the police officer who first attended rang me and went, you know, just to check if I was okay, because I went to hospital, da 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 and um, I mentioned that these guys were dead silent when they were attacking me, and it was very odd. They didn't look like drug addicts. They didn't try and steal anything, and, you know, they didn't say a word. And he actually gave me Major Crime's number. You know, I, did, I didn't, didn't ring Major Crime thinking, you know, surely, you know, this is just a random attack. 
And but on the Monday morning, I texted my wife and said, "What time am I picking up my daughter?" And she said, "If you turn up, I'm ringing Sapol." Because the night before, I'd showed her photos of my injuries and said, "Let's tell our daughter that, you know, I didn't get attacked. I just, you know, had a seizure, so she, my daughter wouldn't worry." And that just seemed odd. All those things together. Um, I had an experience for a few years where I'd done a, a cafe shift with a rotary uh, at this park where we just sort of sell treats and chips and lollies and stuff to all the kids in the park. And the guy I did my, um, you know, rotary shift with was the head of major crime. He was head of, head of the uh, fraud squad in South Australian police, but he used to run major crime. He literally opened the barrel in the Snowtown murders. You know, those ones, those bodies in the barrel because all the young detectives pussied out and uh, him being the boss, he had to do it. I talked to him at length about this and he said, Andrew, that was a hit. You're lucky but it wouldn't even get to the investigation stage because she's got HRN in front of her name, being a state politician, and she's tried to portray you as crazy for a while. So, you know, that, you know, sort of puts, you know, there's no point going there about that. Yeah. Um, and I started to work out that, you know, and, and looked into this whole sort of pedophilia thing, that um, the Australian government, they had a Royal Commission into Child Sexual Abuse in 2000 and something, you know, about, about 10 years ago. And there's meant to be 99 year suppression orders on high profile Australians who are pedophiles. And in essence, I sort of, in supposition, I started talking about this publicly online, is I think that there's, under, there's intelligence agents who are being directed to not arrest these people. They've done all this work and groundwork to, to expose these people. And the government's basically going, well, we can use these people. It's plausible deniability. They've got this power of money we can get them to stimulate things and, and create agendas and, and they can take the blame. And when I started talking about that, I basically had a guy who was, what he said was an ex-analyst for the government, and I just got a text from him going, shut up. And then a couple of days later, in the house I was living in, it wasn't a great share house, one of the guys held a knife to my face. The neighbour saw the knife being held to my face. This is at 4.30 in the morning. And um, he rang the police. So I jumped the bank fence. Police rang me. And they said, we'll meet you out the front. 12 cops, six cars. And they didn't even find the knife. I got dropped off at a bus stop. and had to wait for the first bus in the morning at the bus depot. So I thought, what? That's, that's odd. And, um, you know, I've also had concerns about my daughter being, you know, sexually abused. Because when my daughter was like um, about 10, she playfully asked to sleep with me naked one night. You know, sometimes your kids sleep through and they're having a nightmare. But that concerned me. I told the school principal about it. This is before all this sort of other stuff happened. And he managed to reported it. And uh, also, after I hadn't seen my daughter for about a year, this is fast forwarding probably a couple of years now, the school principal at the school where my daughter was doing a three-day transition back into school, um, when she discovered I had a court order for my daughter to be assessed for autism, and she'd been trying to get her assessed for autism all year, um, uh, she reported my ex, a state MP, for child neglect and abuse. I, I did the same after she did. I've rung child welfare seven times and had no response since then. I've rung that principal nine times since then and had no response. And I've even gone to SAPOL to try and report my fears about my child being abused. 
because she started getting urinary tract infections, all this kind of stuff, and her, her behaviour started getting more violent. When Tammy started hanging out with a certain person, a guy called Hans the German, he made it to semi-finals of America's Got Talent. His, his debut song was this raining man. He was wearing like you know fishnet stockings and all this kind of stuff. Total global homo puppet. I did some looking looking into him. He got um, his contract was not renewed when he was a Catholic drama teacher at an all girls Catholic school, and his original performance name was. Hans Brokenheimen, and his show was an ode to the Weimar Republic of Germany. A, a parent saw it, complained to the school, and they didn't, they didn't give him another job. So, and um, to make it more difficult with my ex, um, her, she's very, very close friends with the Premier of South Australia. Now, the Premier of South Australia used to be a boarding house master when I was at a private school called Pembroke in, in Adelaide. And when he was on duty as a master, we checked the roster. We'd all wear like swimming togs or shorts in the, in the shower because he used to stare at us all and we'd creep us all out. Now, when he was the opposition leader prior to him being elected in the last election, the head of the Labor government in the upper house, where Tammy is, um, was calling her leader of the opposition because they were hanging out so much they thought they were having an affair. And the other person hanging out with them was Matt Gilbertson, Heinz the German. And uh, I worked it out when I was talking to my friend about this, how, um, so I'd initially actually texted the Premier on his private messenger to say thank you for holding a press conference, denying he was having an affair with Tammy, all this kind of stuff, because my daughter would have got teased at school. But when my friend Colin, who lives in the middle of the desert in a station next to Pine Gap, um, he wrote, Stephen Marshall is a faggot in shaving cream in the boarding house mirror. That's the name of the uh, current Premier. And uh, Marshall walked in and went, hey, right, this, in his very gay voice. And they wanted to expel him. He had a very devout Catholic father who was a millionaire. And my friend's father flew down from the middle of the desert and went, you're not going to expel my son. Because if you do, I'll go to the media and say he had his dick stared at by that man for five years. So is my son expelled? And Mr. Greenfield was assured that Stephen Marshall was no longer an employee of Pembroke. He quietly left. And Colin went and put his clothes back in the boarding house. He was fully packed to go back to the station. So that's when it clicked that Stephen Marshall didn't have an affair with my strange wife, although I'm sure she had affairs with other people when I was married to her. But um, he came out to her. So that, that situation, it's just made me trying to get ahead, even get rental accommodation. There's state government assistance for... Um, you're getting like, a bond so you can get a house and, and, and move on. I've had a, an appointment changed to a phone appointment and then another one changed to a phone appointment. They were both, they didn't ring me. I rang them and I got hung up on twice. And then when I rang them up the next day, their computer system says they rang me and I didn't respond. And I said, no, someone has clearly typed that in. So I'm getting school principals who reported my, my, my ex for abuse. And um, they won't return my calls. The lawyer I showed uh, my ex who admitted to hitting our daughter in the head, uh, this was probably the week before I hadn't seen it up, but this is earlier February 2019. My daughter raced into my arms at a cafe where we used to meet at my insistence so her daughter would see us all get along. And had a massive red mark on her face. Tammy stormed down the escalators, didn't, didn't sit down for coffee. My daughter said, Mummy hit me. 
really hard. And I went, where? And she pointed at her left-hand side of her face and it was red and swollen. I texted my ex and said, why are you hitting our daughter in the head? That's child abuse. How dare you? And she responded back with a text. It was just a slap. So I took a screenshot of that, sent that to her and said, you're going to behave. A week later, and she's friends with the health minister in the Labor government at that stage, uh, a mental health triage nurse rang me up and was concerned about my welfare. At the end of the phone call, the triage nurse said, Andrew, Tony, <laughs> you're a victim of uh, abuse in their marriage and it's continuing on now. It's emotional and psychological abuse. And she's been physically abusive to your daughter. Here's the number for child welfare. Report her. So I did that, but nothing came of that as well. So it's been, it's been three or four reports of child abuse about my child. you got a, a state MP who's friends with the most powerful man in the state who shares a secret with him. And, um, you know, I haven't seen my daughter for... You there? Yeah, we're still here. Yep. Oh, sorry, it was just noise. I haven't seen my daughter for two years. And, um, well, two plus years. So, yeah. But the... You know, it's it's very difficult to do. And um, I've also, you know, the, the thing that sort of distracted me is this whole corona bullshit because I've, I've been quite active in protesting against that and, and putting out a counter-narrative, you know, probably for a few years. You know, that's how I got to know you guys. Um, and the first anti-lockdown protest, I was holding the megaphone chanting, hell no, WHO, this unneeded vaccine has got to go. We have informed consent. We say no. And then I passed the megaphone on to someone else. The police officer who was running traffic for the protest was nodding and smiling at what I said. I went over to talk to him and went, how you going, mate? My name's, he goes, Andrew, right? He already knew my name. So <laughs> you know, there's an indication that you're sort of known to authorities if you go up to a police officer and he already knows who you are before you introduce him. So, you know. But he seemed to agree with, you know, what we were sort of pushing. And like the, the, the comparison between the Victorian protests, who were getting arrested and pepper sprayed, we gave the police a round of applause and said thank you and they, they honked it, they turned on their horns for a little bit and gave thumbs up. There was no violence, there was no sort of, you know, totalitarian sort of act. And um that police officer I was talking to told me that that 10% of the senior Victorian police, where the lockdown's probably the most extreme, have quit since all this stuff's been pushed out. They don't want to be a part of it. And I don't think they want to take a vaccine as well. So, yes. That's the synopsis of, um, yeah. So, when exactly where did you realise you were a targeted individual? Probably when... Um, <sighs> 12 police turned up after my neighbour who saw the knife being held to my face and he, he worked at Pine Gap. So, you know, reasonable sort of uh, security sort of clearance on that guy. 12 police rocked up and they didn't even arrest the guy. They didn't even look for the knife. I'm thinking, what? What? You know, that's just ridiculous. And then with the added thing about these, these appointments, which were phone appointments, saying they happened and they didn't happen. You know, just things like that. And um, also, a week after that incident where the knife was held in my face and I got dropped off, I was couch surfing at a friend's house. I went to go to a, a government welfare office to get a, what's called a crisis payment for emergency payment if you know, you've been affected by violence or something. And apparently I was a day late. 
And I um, got a bit verbal with the staff and walked out and um, then got banned from every government, federal government building for, for until further notice. That only ended probably after a year and a half. So if I actually walk into a federal government-owned building like a Centrelink or a, like a Medicare or like Medicaid for you guys' office or something like that, I could have been arrested. So. That's fucking crazy, man. That's retarded. I know. I know. So, uh, I know. So, so why do you think you are a targeted individual? Well, lastly, if, if you're exposing truth, and and one of the things I was sort of really pushing was the, was the, the, the pedo stuff, and if you're exposing the fact that the government's potentially complicit in using um, individuals who they know are criminal, who you know commit sex crimes, but they use their power and wealth, you know, in a in a stealth sort of way. It's like a plausible deniability of of power almost. Because you get these millionaires and these people that, that lobby for changes or push for changes in laws and all this kind of stuff, and the government does it, okay, we did it. If it goes wrong, the government can say, we only did what they wanted. That's, that's I mean, it, it's theoretical there. But you're seeming to see, you know, a whole lot of that stuff around the world. And and just the fact that they got texted, shut up. And, I mean, prior to that, probably when I was, this is sort of, just after Trump being elected, it was probably 2018. I talked about some stuff I'd heard from an army major on, on Twitter. And then I got a job off, I got a job portal from the Australian Secret Intelligence Service. And I showed that to a police officer I knew, who's a senior cop, who actually now apparently works at Interpol. And um, he said, that's not the kind of a, Job, they never put out job ads, Andrew. How'd you um, get that attention? He goes, Oh, well, been involved in a few Patriot groups and some online activity and the alt right a bit. And he goes, Keep it up. And so, you know, this guy himself, he actually worked on a um, six month operation, Argos, as an Interpol child sex crime thing. And he, he himself said, Don't let your daughter, this, this is ironic, don't let your daughter go on Discord. It's a literal pedo grooming site because of the links with games like Roblox and how you got the predators on that. So, you know, I mean, he, he should know. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm not opposed to Discord and anything. Everyone on Discord's a pedo, so don't, don't stress about that. But, okay, yeah, so uh, what has the government done to harass you? Well, I think it's just more... Um, Lack of assistance, lack of, you know, help, yeah. cutting off, cutting me off from access to services and all this kind of stuff. You know, I literally had no government ID. This is after I walked out of Sandlink office. I realised that someone had hacked into my account and then I had no government ID. I didn't exist in Australia for about six weeks. So, you know, I had to, so had were, to read. So you were unpersoned. Yeah. Unpersoned. You know, whether that was by, you know, identity theft or, or not, it, it took me a while to sort of sort that out. And I've had other weird things go on in my computers. Like that house where I was at, where I had the knife held, both my computers got stolen there. I had a shipping container where I had my other PC stored there. That hard drive's been stolen as well. And, um, you know, so funny coincidences, but it could have just been thievery. Um, and uh, my internet provider called Internode, they actually rang me 
because, you know, I hadn't logged on for a few days. And they said, we've never seen anything like this. This the amount of hacking that's on your on your thing. And it took them like three days to over, take over my uh, email and, and, you know, work out where the malware was and, and get rid of it. And I've got a friend who's a computer guy who's the bus driver I just met who's driving a bus, but he's a computer expert. Like he fixes all the bus drivers' computers and does it for nothing. And, you know, he's just a lovely guy. And he's really big, big on the cloud seeding sort of stuff. That's where we sort of, you know, have you know, aligned conspiracies on things. And um, he found 53,000 privacy traces on my PC. So I think I've been getting some attention. So, you know, like my, my internet like IT knowledge is, is pretty poor. But, you know, when someone, when the, when the internet provider rings you up and goes, we've never seen anything like this before. Uh, but the, most of the stuff that was on there was malware trying to, get, you know, see who I'm talking to and all this kind of stuff. So it's like, wow. So how has your daily life been affected as a targeted individual? Well, you know, it's harder to, you know, just get around. I mean, it's 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 ebbed, ebbed and flowed, but now I'm, you know, even trying to sort of get legal aid to try and see my daughter and, and you know, do things like this. I mean, it's 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 harder. Um, probably just the ability to survive has been made harder. So. But I, I managed to get by. You know, I, I do a lot of cash work for friends and gardening and stuff like that. So that's how I sort of managed to sort of survive. So, so have you done anything to combat the institutions that have targeted you? Um, well, I've, 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 I've sent direct messages when I was still on Messenger to Stephen Marshall about, you know, do you want to protect a child abuser or do you want to go down with the ship? And, you know, that's until he blocked me sort of thing. So I've actually, you know, directly messaged the Premier of the state and going, do you want to be a corrupt fuckwit? Try me. I mean, he's winning so far because like, no, nothing's happened. But, yeah. But it, it, it's strange. Like, I've had, like, you know, I know some senior police. Just, I, I would say I'm friends with them. But, they, you know, they're retired or, or, or um, most of them are recently retired. And there's been about six occasions where I've created scenes at supermarkets or something and it's related to COVID or something. And the police have come. And as soon as they've seen it's me, they're relaxed. You know, they, 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 they come with cameras on, all aggressive, and then they relax and they talk, they calm me down. And they've even said things like, we're not the enemy. And I go, I know this. And often they've shook my hand and told me their first names. Now, if a police officer's gone from you know, going to potentially arrest someone and then they see who they are and then they shake their hand and smile and even jokingly sort of part ways. It's happened on four or five occasions where I would have expected to potentially just be, you know, putting handcuffs and calm down. And that hasn't happened. So I think, you know, especially what that agent said, shut up, is if you've got a scenario, especially with this whole child sex crime thing, of the government using these people as a tool rather than just imprisoning them and putting them away forever, you know, no one's going to be very happy with that. So the government doesn't want to reveal that. And the agents still want to expose that. But if they're seen to expose those kind of things themselves, they'll lose their jobs or go to prison or, or worse. So as you can just see by the level of even like media 
uh, people who want to expose, you know, all that kind of stuff, like they're dead. You know, they just disappear or they have they suicide suddenly. So, so have yeah. you faced uh, any retribution from these institutions that have targeted you? Um, not not at this stage because um you know I'm been sort of quiet lately. <laughs> I've been trying to just sort of get my life together and trying to get regular work and sort of and I finally got all the stuff that was in my shipping container into into the place where I'm at now. And you know, half of it was stolen, mind you. But, you know, all my power tools, everything like that. But to me, it's just stuff. You know, that's that's it's just a test. So I can I can move on from there. So, but you know, you know, I'm still trying to you know get to see my daughter. I've still got application to see a lawyer to try and get that happening. But you know, it's almost a distraction. But it's a a blessing, if you can call it that, to deal with all this COVID stuff because trying to expose the facts about that, that's more important than anything, really. Because, you know, I mean, it's like we've, you know, we, we used to joke in, online about being in a clown world just with the tranny stuff and all these weird things happening. But, but now, we're literally, you know, it's like these, like these left-wing retards are saying, get the vaccine, wear the mask, be safe. And they're pushing a corporate agenda because the, who stands to profit the most? from the world being mass vaccinated. Now they're looking at, I found some form where they're looking at potential of eight boosters. Well, so, you know, Big Pharma lost all know, that uh, heroin money from the poppy fields to the troops regarding yeah, Afghanistan, yeah. and so that they got to push the vaccines as their new cash yeah. cow. The CIA is telling everyone That's to right. attack um, Biden because they want to fucking, they want their heroin supply bag. Yeah, but China's going to be producing the... the, the, the yeah, they're going to turn that into fentanyl because yep. they find yeah, out China's that's the best thing to make out of it. And then yeah, they're going to take all the minerals. Mm. Yeah, well, there's the biggest lithium deposits in the world is in Afghanistan, isn't it? And other rare earth metals. So uh, Elon yeah, Musk can make his batteries for his electric cars and we can save the earth from uh, yeah. environmental disaster. That's the thing. is, like You could make a lot of money in, yeah. in like Afghanistan if you didn't try to like do a global homo thing while doing it. Or if you actually spread the wealth mm. around America, it would be a lot richer. But... You just have these That's elites right. take well, it all. Well, speaking yeah. of that, yeah. they we were die. trying to encourage Afghanistan farmers to grow a bunch of soybeans, so they were trying to soy them up and you know feminize yeah. the guys so they didn't put up so much of a fat. Day. Yeah, they were they were trying to make them you know uh, less less fighting. You know, they were trying well, to weaken their men, thing. just just like <laughs> the men in the West. Uh, yeah. So oh, have you? So uh, <laughs> Tony, have you met any other targeted individuals like yourself? Um, there's a few, like Lord Stompy, I would say is, you know, probably a targeted individual, <laughs> like he's, you know, he's, you know, especially in the, in the, in the media sort of realm is like, you know, removed from YouTube, removed from this form, removed from that form, removed from that form. Um, uh, there's a couple of other guys who I've met who, there are security guards who are ex-army as well, and they're very active in, in talking about this. I mean, I've been in touch with the people like the UPF guys before in Melbourne, and um, like I haven't talked to Blair Cottrell individually, but I've talked to a few other guys. I've talked to um, Neil Erickson online a few times, and um, so I think you know, they're, like the Thomas Sowles and the and the Neil Ericksons and all this kind of. Neil Erickson was the guy who was arrested for wearing an Australia flag on Australia Day, and he was caused arrested for you know breaching the peace because there was a Black Lives Matter protest on at the day and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. 
more of that divide and conquer stuff. He also got arrested for going into a church that was, you know, preaching, accepting transgenderism and quoted the Bible and he's been charged with, you know, dissent or something there as well. You know, he's not stopping though. So. Uh, have you uh, met like a targeted individual that were unaware that they were a targeted individual? Um, not that I can say, you know, but I, I mean, you know, apart from every, people who are constantly getting everything taken off social media, that's, but that's, that's just a generalized target. That's not an individual as such. So no. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I'll forget. But the, the lovely woman who's helping host, helping run these protests in Adelaide, She's she's more on the anti-vax sort of thing, but she did have a child with a vaccine injury, so she sort of lobbied against this since then. Oh, was but this, was this your friend? Tried, you said, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, wasn't this your friend that you said that the government was trying to take her kids from her? Yeah, yeah, something? yeah. They tried the state government tried to take her kids away from her, tried to call her crazy because she's opposing vaccine. And the South Australian government has actually passed a law. This was about a year and a half ago to uh, remove children from their parents for quarantine purposes in case they don't want to get a vaccine, or for other purposes. So that law now exists. That so sounds that like the an excuse for politicians to like molest kids and steal their blood, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the extreme. I mean, that, that can happen. So, yeah. I saw something recently on Twitter the yesterday where there was a man in Australia like uh, sending out a, a phone video from uh, inside of a mental institution. He said yep. that uh, his wife turned him in because he had a differing opinion than the official government's uh, a statement on COVID-19. And uh, he said he was forcibly mm. removed from his house by the authorities and placed in a mental care place. But he got out, obviously. No, he's still in the because he was in the, the exercise <laughs> courtyard and he was filming his video explaining his situation from there, saying Gosh. that um, his write up was saying he was very agitated and. He was very distrusting of everyone and everything. I mean, he was just going on and listing all these things that they were making these claims that I guess his wife did. And, yeah. and you know, they weren't divorced; they were still married. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, they're turning, turning everyone into this like version of a Maoist youth yeah, who dubbed in like their parents and got imprisoned. And... Pardon? I guess extra like rations for turning them into Maoists. Yeah. Well, in a way, normies are Maoists, really, because they're indoctrinated with that whole. Oppression theory, critical race theory, you know, guilt. Yeah, yeah they are. They literally are. themselves, you know. I, mean, I, I, I had an indigenous foster brother growing up. My, my father was a bank manager in Sejuna in 1964 in West Coast of South Australia. Anyone what's called a Jilgid Jagger with all the initiated Pigeon Jarrah men. And when Dad returned from that three-week walk um, where he didn't take any food and water, he was a new Pigeon Jarrah elder himself. So, you know, like, and my Indigenous brother's siblings, they used to come and stay at our house during school holidays sometimes in Christmas. And so there was no stolen generation with, with, with our family. And none of and all, all my brothers, they're elders, and they don't go for this whole white guilt narrative because it doesn't solve anything. It actually creates more racism and more resentment towards Aboriginal people. They don't go for, you know, the, the whole genocide statement and things because, I mean, partly in Aboriginal culture to, to talk about your ancestors who died causes pain. And there's almost like a theory of if, if you mention their name or show their image, you can sort of put them from heaven into hell. But 
that's the sort of best analogy of that. But they don't push on all all to talk about all you know the the, the shootings and the killings and this and that and whatever. They talk about the future, and they're all about self determination. Like my sister, she runs a uh, Aboriginal uh, art collective in the Pilbara. And they, they produce stuff for the council. They produce stuff for the, the local football indigenous round. They, I told them to use all forms of stuff on a website to accept all forms of payment. And now they're selling paintings on consignment around the world. So it's self-determination. That's what my family is about. And, you know, blaming others for your current, you know, you know situation doesn't achieve anything. Yeah, you know. I'm a race realist, but even I have to admit it's not yeah. necessarily everything. Oh, no, you know I mean, oh, like no. race isn't everything. Like, I mean, it yeah. matters, but it's not fucking everything. Mm. Like, at some but, point, like, you are making excuses. Yeah, but like, there's definitely difference in race with like Indigenous Australians, like to be able to you know process alcohol because they didn't have alcohol for like you know X amounts of thousands of years. Yeah, Americans and, and like, um, have the same and, issues. <laughs> yeah, and that, and and they they're, they're more prone to alcoholism. There's like huge problems with diabetes. There's fetal alcohol spectrum disorder in remote communities. All this kind of stuff. And like my brother worked in, he's worked in health all his life, Aboriginal health. And if he sees someone taking, because alcohol is banned in remote communities, it's illegal to actually take it in. And if he sees anyone with alcohol or anyone take it in, he'll actually call the police himself and, and to sort them out because he knows it does harm. You know. So yeah. So, it's just um, that, that Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime, the, the song, well, I ask myself, how do I get here? It's, how did we all get here, guys? Like, you know. <laughs> uh, can you tell us about the time you encountered a Mossad agent in the Republic oh. of Kyrgyzstan group on Facebook? <laughs> it's Noi Talmon. Noi Talmon. And that was the only one that looked up what Talmon meant. And Talmon actually means defender of Israel, some mythical defender of Israel that, you know, it's something. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was she was like a modern Republic of Kyrgyzstan. And, like, um, there's a guy on there, uh, a Muslim guy who was, wow, what's his name? God. Tosca's his wife. Um, well, she says Tosca Nobokov. Nob- <laughs> oh, I can't remember. This is, this is based, based a Muslim guy that was running as well, and he kept calling out and asking, you know, is, are you in JIDF? No, you this. And the only person I told online about this, this ACES job offer was her, and her exact response in text was, do it, you won't regret it, believe me, I know. And I just responded back, no, we might have to delete this chat. I just worked out who you work for. And straight after that, she just blocked, blocked me. We were actually running a page together. She, she left the page and, and, you know, and, and she should have blocked all my alts. And I'm like, Sounds oh, about right. I think I think I got that spot on. I, yeah, mean, I, I remember there was guys simping yeah. for her until they found out the truth. And then like she disappeared all of a sudden. Do you know, guess what? She fucking goes on Facebook as now. Noi Rothschild. Ooh. <laughs> That's, wow, so very, Rothschild very, very forward with that now. I very guess, very huh? red flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She used to post photos of herself in her IDF uniform, and dickheads thought it was Photoshopped. 
like she had more like 1488 memes than anyone in the page, but it was all, you know, it's this entrapment sort of thing. You know, you, know, you got to be careful with like, listen, even me believing what I believe, right? You got to be careful dealing with people who believe what I believe, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> a yeah, lot of sure, them are sure. just yeah, fucking like, federal uh, fucking Asian. I think she had a background in psychology or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, she did. It was, uh... Oh, of course she did. That, that explains everything. Yeah, it's, like, it's like that old meme of like, you know, like you know, Fed posting and like you, you're saying good idea, other fellow Fed posters out there who you're trying to entrap. <laughs> Israelis talking to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. Try to get you to fuck kids or something like they do with Biden. Oh, Jesus. Like, typical I mean, Israel. He sniffs. He sniffs. Like, he sniffs. Like, <laughs> that, that, that little girl that just, like, pulled away from him when he, like, grabbed around her waist and stuff like that was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like... And mom's like, oh, come on. I mean, he go to him. snatch one up when he was signing that thing, and he had her in his lap, and then... It's like, man, they can't, uh, they can't keep them away. It's like, uh, it's very it's bad optic. Simple. It's pretty simple, bro. Like, oh. if, if, if your politicians sniff kids, you should probably just uh, knight of long knives all your politicians in Minecraft. <laughs> no, no, it's not Minecraft. It's Fallout seventy six. No one's playing Minecraft anymore. Oh uh, yeah, I used to, say, I used to say Fallout seventy six, and no one say it with me. So I don't know. I, I, I say it. Like, if I was the parent standing there and Biden sniffed my child, I would have just pushed him and go, what the fuck is sniffing my kid for, you freak? Yeah, like, what the oh, you know. Know. Uh, I forgot which one it is. This. I know there was one politician who cock-blocked him from doing that because he was getting near the kid and he got between him and it was almost like the you shall not pass kind of moment. And you know, <laughs> he was on to him and you just see his shoulders kind of sink like, oh. I mean, honestly, really wanted Trump, to sniff him. If Trump really wanted to win, he should have just been like, at least I don't sniff fucking kids. Like, that's all I want to do. <laughs> like, at least I don't sniff fucking kids. Just say that in the debate. Like, the, the most tapping debate comment ever. At least I don't yeah. sniff children. Well, now, now it makes you, like, read, like, uh, think about all those images you see of him eating ice cream, you know? It's like, is that his child bait, you know? He's, he's always eating ice cream. Like, the media can't get enough photo ops of him eating ice cream, even though they crucified Trump for getting two scoops of ice cream. Mine sneakily goes around in an ice cream truck and abducts kids in, in like, that. I, I could see him do that. Like just, parts of Chicago. Yeah, he's know. just going to get an ice cream truck, drive through your neighborhood real slow, play the music, and get a bunch of kids to come out of their houses so he can, like, gang sniff them. It'd be in Chicago. And then what, what's part of it? Does he sit in a spa pool and get them to stroke his blonde hair on his legs? I, all I'm saying is I'd rather, I'd rather have Michael Jackson babysit. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, God. God. Because yeah, I, I remember those horrible first. optics where he talked about how he's a lifeguard. He's like, yeah, I got long hair on my legs. It turns blonde in the sun. And I like kids jumping up and down in my lap. And, you know, he had to my legs. Yeah. And then he was all like, Corn Pop's a bad dude. It was like he had this weird, like, nonsensical diatribe. And we we're just like, is this guy having a stroke? Or is he, like, really serious? I beat like him with a rusty seen. chain. It's a mixture of, like, being senile and just severe cocaine addiction. Damn. Oh, he he must have no septum at all. I I mean, I to be honest, you know, I think actually, he does he does rub his nose a lot, so that's probably when his nose is leaking. Well, he has like I think he's probably had I think he's had surgery on his nose. So. Well, mm. speaking mm. of that, I mean, you got the old pictures where he has earlobes, and the new pictures where he doesn't have attached earlobes or whatever. You know, cause have you seen well, those? The, where they, the, they the think Mexican there's multiple. Yeah, they think there's like <laughs> multiple body doubles of the guy, so there's like a possibility. Oh, this is all the clone things. Oh, yeah, yeah, the skin scoots, mal, you know, malfunctioning. Uh, 
I remember seeing a, a recent video with Kamala Harris, and she looks terrified because uh, I think she knows if they remove him, they got to put her in charge. Because when all that shit was going down in Afghanistan, she was like, she, "They won't put this shit on me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, "Don't put this shit on me," because they wanted her to speak about it. And she's like, "I'm focusing on Haiti right now," which I'm sure that'll bite her in the ass, you know, because uh, she's not in Haiti right now. She's visiting Vietnam and Singapore this weekend. Oh, she has, she doesn't have a choice but to do that though, because. Let's be honest here. Are dollars supposed to get fucked next month and decrease in value? Oh, I don't so, know, man. I was, I was considering buying a house just to hedge against the dollar collapsing, you know, because I don't trust crypto. I don't trust crypto. Yeah, either, no, I'm, but... I'm, I'm dodgy on crypto because it's it's too easily manipulated by an algorithm. Yeah. Well, can, you know. Actually, it's too easily uh, manipulated by Elon Musk making, like, random quotes and tweets yeah, and memes on the memes. internet. Yeah. Really shitty memes. <laughs> Yeah, if he does some cringe game, and crashes, he does, some, he, does some, yeah. he does something basic, it skyrockets. So it's just like... Uh, mm, mm. And, and that's think? why, like, a, I remember uh, Anonymous said that we're going to go after him, but I don't think they did shit yet. Yeah, that, thanks, thanks no, fucking, no. thank Reddit for the situation there. Like, oh, the Reddit controlling oh. the economy. Great idea. Um, just, just you said Anonymous, this is what I did on the first day. We, South Australia had lockdown a couple of weeks ago. First day of the lockdown, I put on my Anonymous mask which had fear is the virus written on it in bright red letters. And um, I put on a face mask and went shopping in the supermarket. All, all, all the supermarket staff are looking at me and smiling going, yeah. And when one of them, I even put on a voice, goes, my sincere empathy for you having to put up with all this extra bullshit. You are not anonymous. We see you. At least they know like who Guy Fox was over there. Over here, yeah, people God. just think it's based off of a movie from DC Comics, which is fucking cringe. This girl saw me with the mask on, like, and I'm like lining up just to go through the, you know, get served. And this, she goes, "Mummy, that guy's wearing a happy mask." And she went, "Yes, <laughs> dear, happy mask." <laughs> Shuffles child away from crazy. Right before you, before you tell her to remember the fifth of November. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, early on, I was in the news agent. This is when the the pandemic thing was first starting. People were first starting to mask up and stuff. And um, in the news agent, it's like 15, 10, 12 people in there. I just talk, started talking to this woman in the counter in the line with me. It's just like attractive, you know, mid twenties woman. And I said jokingly, I wanted to dress up as the plague doctor. And go and sit in the mall in Adelaide with the sign saying free hugs. But, you know, and then when people come up to hope, you go, no, COVID safe hug and do an air hug. And this girl laughed at my joke and then went, do you want to, do you want to air hug Andrew? And I went, okay, COVID safe. And then she just looked at me and smiled and went, do you want a real hug? And this woman in the middle of the news agent just comes up and just gives me this breast pressing hug. I actually found myself going, <laughs> sniffing her perfume. And, like, you know, I swear I started to stare in the loin, so I sort of tilted my groin away a bit, and she sort of worked that out and then sort of slowly walked away and went, look forward to seeing you again, Andrew. He goes, likewise, we can hug again. And everyone <laughs> in the news agent was sitting their jaw dropped, like, what the fuck? Like, that's telling, because, like, an act of civil disobedience was two strangers hugging. Oh, man, did you offer her your well, medical... <laughs> Oh, I wanted to offer her more than that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you can help sort out those uh, imbalance of humors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like... Uh, oh, 
<laughs> we're going to chakras, bro. I'd like to do a flash mob of like a bunch of like you know twenty people dressed as the plague doctor, all doing a crazy dance, like and and someone instead of saying playing my Sharona by the knack, my play an alter version of my Corona. When we're going to die, 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 die. Who makes that joke? Stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm probably as old as your uncle. You probably fucking are. <laughs> if you're making that joke. <laughs> Uh, song? Nah, I, I haven't heard it in the radio in a long time, though. They need to start playing it more. Well, I still can't believe yeah. how old you are, but that's beyond the point there, class. <laughs> hey, we're not dead yet. I know, I know. I'm just busting his balls. I, I listened to the intro of me before with the cat and some of the some of the quotes. I was in tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man's pretty yeah, good at doing that. Those that are survivor in the bush. And then you talked about that that that, that pig movie scared, it scarred me. Uh, I don't even remember what the fuck that was about, but I was all like, you know what? That's funny as shit. Oh, uh, it was a, it was a it was a it was a film that my friend got from underneath the bed of uh, our private school's water polo coach, and it was a film called Animal Farm, except it wasn't the George Orwell version. Uh, oh, no. oh, okay. It was the error version. One. Uh, it sounds a lot oh. like Barnyard Follies if you've been on deployment. Was there a horse fucking yeah. or a chicken fucking scene in it? Yeah, and there's a pig one as well. You yeah. want to call? They want their industry back. I don't know. Yeah, this is sick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was probably going on in the Weimar Republic of Germany too. Mm. I'm surprised they haven't pushed it like uh, on Netflix or anything mm. like that. Mm. God, stop. Don't make me think of these things, man. Fuck. Well, I, I keep telling people, like, you know, this is what the furries, you know, first step is before they start pushing this. And uh, people don't believe me. They think I'm crazy. You're you know? right. Furries are fucking. Like, I've watched enough Kiwi Farms live streams to know where this shit's going. No, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had no idea. My daughter was eight. And I had no idea about this. Like, she was playing Roblox online and stuff like that. And then she started talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. And, and I, I went to the game shop. And so my daughter's like watching Five Nights at Freddy's and the chick behind the counter went, and then I looked it up and went, fuck, I had to block it all and everything. Oh, so what's what's the deal with Four Nights and Freddy's? Should I be concerned because my my nephew seems obsessed with it? It's a little weird from what I know. I don't know anything actually like. It's just sort of weird and creepy, you know. Yeah. Okay, so there's nothing hidden or for an eight-year-old's a bit much. It's like, it's like, it's like Goosebumps, but gayer. Oh, right. Part of my so friend. Gay, these days. You have to say Faye. Everything. Yeah, sorry, Faye. Faye. Ah, yeah. The Faye oh. folk are more into this one. But that just seemed like a, you know, early step to furriness. That stuff. I don't know. I fucking hope not, man. I know way too many kids that are into that. I'm going to have to start yelling at them if they start. So, so how long have these lockdowns been going on in Australia? Hasn't there been like six or eight of them like back to back? It's still not six months straight in Melbourne, you know, of some form or another. Look at fucking New Zealand. They had one person with a fucking flu, a coronavirus, COVID-19, you know, if it's in a blood serum test, they can identify the virus, but PCR test to say one of those what? places that looks really cool, but it's really, really fey. The fey. Oh, like, oh, that's, that's where all the, the elite are buying their, you know, uh, what's it called, bug out shelters. You know, when everything collapses, they're yeah. going to go to 
New Zealand. Yeah. Well, everything's fucked up over here. I mean, we won't miss them. Yeah. No, no. I think they're gonna want. I think, I think the mm. elites like purposely like just want to fuck up the planet and then like go to outer space or something and just leave us here to die. Yeah, like, I actually think that is part. But I was I was hoping when Bezos went like flew to space with his penis, um, in his metal penis that that, that would have blown up on like, you know exit. Yeah, oh, we I think I opted for that. We didn't want yeah. him coming back. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure everybody working at Amazon was ready to take extended bathroom breaks if he didn't come back. Yeah, dude. yeah. Well, the the probably the bottles are probably full of piss. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they got to move on to the five gallon jugs, or you know, I mean, they're moving on up in the world. Off. Yeah, they're moving oh, yeah. on up in the world. Oh Jesus, yeah. that's fucking <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, no, but the, the, the Sydney thing is getting extreme. I mean, like, but like one of the biggest breakouts in Sydney is in Lakemba and like the Western Sydney and stuff, where there's a very high Muslim population, and. My friend Stompy checked, um, and he could book a book a flight to Mecca within two weeks. All he had to do was tick the box that said he's Muslim. So, because apparently the Geneva Convention is against the law to stop someone practicing their faith. Oh, so you well, can't also, stop Hajj. Also, non yeah, so non-Muslims aren't allowed. Like non-Muslims really aren't supposed to be within like the center of Mecca either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, probably just to get into Saudi Arabia, you got to tick. You know, yes, I'm a Muslim. But I like, had, um, I have some friends that went there for Hajj, but they're not Muslim. But I think one of them was Turkish, so I don't know. They they give that a pass. Probably or lied, bro. Yeah. To be honest, they probably just lied. <laughs> probably they did because I know they're both Roman Catholic. Oh yeah, they you would. Could, you can stuff them up. Like knowing a little bit about Islam, you could go there and go, Are "You're a Muslim," because no, but I'm potentially a Muslim. Everyone is. Yeah, they That's might. Why they, they, might the they might do that. You know, and they're like, "Hey, we've got to recruit." Well, yeah. I, th- I think the Taliban's doing that on Twitter because it seems like everybody in the alt right's cheering them on and sharing memes with them and shit posting, and they've proven they they started making like their own memes and shit posting. It's like wow, the Taliban can meme and the left still can't meme. That's like serious. They have to work together. Facebook page called the Civilized First World, but spelled first with a U and world with a with a U as well, and like. Say seventy percent of the people on there are all, all, all kebabs Muslims, and like, oh, fuck, it was funny. It's one of the funniest, like, you know, because they take the shit out of the the trannies and all this kind of stuff, and degeneracy in the West and all this kind of stuff. And there's probably members of the Taliban in that, learning the memes, the meme, you know, learning memeology, and some of them were fucking funny. Yeah, because oh, uh, I remember that press conference they had, and they they were talking about their. You know, they're going to take people's rights of freedom of speech away and all this bullshit. And they responded, oh, there's no. Yeah, he was like, yeah, what about Facebook? You're taking away people's freedom of speech in the Western world. It was like, it was fucking awesome the way he redirected that, like called them out on that shit. Well, it's like it's like the whole uh, the, the Osama thing, right? When we first invaded Afghanistan, like the Taliban offered to give us Osama as like, if, if we could prove he blew up the Twin Towers. They were just like, OK, mm. we'll, give it to, we'll give you this guy if you can prove he did it. Mm. And then. Mm. Thank you. And it well, actually responded. Well, you heard about like this recent thing that's coming out. They're saying and that he was Osama, in Pakistan the whole time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were saying that the reason that the uh, they had to kill him because he was plotting to kill Obama because he wrote a theory that he could destroy the United States by assassinating Obama because if it was left in Joe's hand, everything would collapse. And it seems like that's been proven right. Oh, well, he also, 
He also knew there would be uh, mandatory chimp outbreaks if uh, Obama got assassinated too, but I digress. Did you imagine the, like, the Black Lives Matter type level in shit if Obama got killed? Oh, my God. Yeah, it'd be I fucking mean, wild. I mean, imagine that, like, Black Jesus going away compared to, you know, someone like Fentanyl Floyd. I mean, they burnt the country for seven months for, you know, this uh, career criminal that held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. I can't imagine what they would have done if that happened to Obama. Oh, God. And I'm not even defending what that cop did, actually. Like, I think that cop's chokehold and stuff was was a retarded idea, right? But, like, at the same time, it's like, dude, this guy clearly OD'd. Oh yeah, like, they said they said, from the, they said from the camera angle they said that he really could breathe, you know. And if you could yeah. breathe, you wouldn't be able well, to yell. I can't. Yeah, breathe. I'm, I'm saying it's like yeah. a shitty joke cult for multiple reasons, not even just. Yeah. Like, well, there's this there's this ex Chicago cop. He's ex military police as well, like um called Kenny White. I'm not sure if you've seen him online and stuff like that. Like he's a real real, real trumper. But like he's you know talked about the whole thing. He's watched the video and he you know he's got that police experience. And he said it was it was a bad you know option but like he doesn't think that he should have been charged with murder for it because there was no it's intent not, it's not a criminal sense. option at all i don't think it's yeah, he lied, criminal he about it. it's Man just he didn't know or, what or something like that so yeah, yeah it's like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing so he probably shouldn't have tried that is more like yeah like, it, it was it was he, he panicked because there's a guy fucking like chipping out fucking twice his size fucking yeah. dose stuff on some kind of amphetamine so he's he freaked out a bit so, i mean to be honest like even me like i'm pretty big guy and pretty used to dealing with drug addicts and shit, but I don't like dealing with mm. people who are in fucking amphetamines myself, so. No, no, I don't either. No. So. I've had to <laughs> in the past. Yeah. But, you know. So, uh, what's what's going on now that after the, we had these uh, recent uh, riots in Melbourne, I guess, and I heard they drove off the cops and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, there was some footage in Melbourne. Now this was in Sydney. Like they were, they were, t- oh, okay. were pepper spraying twelve-year-old okay. girls for not wearing a mask. And they were yeah, playing so I saw that they, they went to go get lunch at a food truck or something, but they didn't have a mask, so they pepper sprayed yeah. the girls. And then, uh... yeah. Fuck, yeah, I didn't see this. Oh yeah, there's there's yeah. A video of twelve-year-olds getting pepper sprayed. What a fucking the, asshole! Apparent, like, you know, if you're twelve or under, you don't have to wear a mask. So they clearly they didn't have to because they look a little bit older. You know, cost of harassment. Yeah, they started. Like, I mean, yeah, and they, well, they started. Well, well, yeah, they called for like uh, reinforcements, like so they could take all these kids in. Like too. you've got an adult police officer, who, who, you know, like, there's a young girl who's probably weighs about forty kilograms or whatever that is in pounds, coming at them. If they can't just physically restrain them and stop them from, you know, all they just do is turn them around and hold them, hold their arm behind their back and tell them to calm down. They don't need to pepper spray. Parted by French, like yeah. I don't want to fuck that cop up. Not sure oh, a lot of people I'm, do. Didn't they, didn't they uh, hospitalize eight of them? Like, I guess uh, the people riding. But I was watching that footage. I was just like banging the table. I'd had a few rums, but I was like, I was like very, <laughs> very angry. Yeah, yeah. Now I was hearing like the the the, the military were also enforcing these. Yeah, there's, there's military going around in Sydney now, like in these areas, like you know. Big, and like, there's this Muslim guy from this Lebanese Australian Muslim like got on and he said like a lot of the people who are getting locked down the harshest in Sydney come from areas of war torn conflicts where they don't trust the government they've had to flee their government and they have real resentment towards trusting government so they're trying to lock us down first because if I mean you know that that collective sort of unity that Muslims have 
if they collectivise that in a protest and then everyone else joins, that's a scary thing for the government as well. So it's, you know, I mean, there's probably a reason why, you know, because some of these people are going to the Hajj or going to Mecca, so they more chance of coming in and out of the country and, and you know, spreading a virus. But I think the real reason why they, they're shutting that, that side down so much is because they'd be the people who offer the most resistance when their rights are getting taken away. Cause they, like they kind of realise, oh, wait, Islamic supremacists yeah. filling our country might be a bad idea. Yeah, uh, you think, uh, I see. How many uh, migrants does Australia want to take in from Afghanistan now? Because I'm wondering if they'll just add oh, add more wow. to the uh, anti-government resentment. And Hopefully they uh, do it. I was, I was seeing talk like there's no real way to vet because this had whoever showed up to the plane first got in. And I was like, oh, fucking awesome. Like, can we see how many sleeper agents you're infiltrating now? Yeah, just go like, you know, a couple of Taliban jump in there. Hey. <laughs> and then today, now they're saying ISIS is back in Afghanistan. I was like, dude, I thought they were wiped out. Where did they come from all of a sudden? Is it just turning into a big old battle royale, like war zone event in Call of Duty? Yeah, they were spawn camping for 20 years and now they got aircraft. Why and all of a sudden, there's been a sudden rush of like uh, of uh, Muslim people from around the world trying to learn how to fly planes. Well, they left flight simulators behind, so they're going to learn at home. Oh God! That, that was part of the they're equipment that was left behind. Yeah, they can. The thing is, they don't have any. They don't have any guys to maintain the equipment, so I don't know how long it'll last. You know, that's the other. thing. Well, they better too. use it while they still can use. But even in ancient battles and stuff like that, it was like your castle was about to be invaded and you're about to lose your castle. Like they'd like they'd set fire to all the fucking like their weapons and their the you know ammunition and destroy it, so the enemy couldn't get it. Yeah, and you, and you just salt the earth and poison the well, but we left them everything. Yeah, all it took is um, some C four. You get blew it all uh, high heaven. Yeah, there was like a guy on a, I think it was one of the Facebook pages where you know you can sell stuff, and the guy was like had the MRAP for sale. Like he posted it saying it was a 2017 model, only twenty five thousand miles. He said uh, page me, you know, for offers. But uh, I I would be surprised. Cheeky, I got, yeah, it's like I would be surprised. I got friends that will fly in there just to get the weapons and then try to figure out how to get out. You know. Like a different way. Well, I like, it. I, like they might take a cargo ship back home, you know, after they sort of yeah. buying up a bunch of surplus. I mean, I know, a bunch of, uh, I know a bunch of Arabs from my old uh, profession, so maybe I should go, uh, yo, holla, 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 give me some M4s. <laughs> I just want a dragon off, man. But, but you know what sucks? Uh, Biden has. Uh, He's banned the import of Russian ammunition, so you're going to have to get, like, the knockoffs. You have to get the Ukrainian or Romanian. Oh, shit, I said that out loud. Yeah, so that's just going to further drive up all the price. So there's, there's, like, a lot of guys pissed off about it. Yeah, like, oh, he I made guns my... illegal. I was like, but they were already illegal to import, like, I think, what, since 2017? Yeah, but I'm going to get this. I'm probably just getting, getting the Saiga ripoff then, because fuck it. I want a Saiga real bad. If I can't get it, I'll just get the ripoff. I don't care. Like, uh, guns in Australia, like, you know, like, it was normal for me as a, like, an 11 year old kid to have a 22 rifle in 1983. You know, half so, the kids in country towns had a gun. You know, so you go rabbit shooting and fox shooting and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and one of the first things you learned, you know, when you got a gun was how to use it and, you know, what to not point it at and all this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, one so, of the kids I grew up with is originally from Australia, and he said that it's all bullshit. Like, he said basically everyone out there still had guns in the countryside. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, see, farmers, farmers had a lot of guns. You know, not all of them necessarily registered, but they've got, you know, four or five shotguns and, yeah. like, you know, you know. I'm not sure like, guns are the and, best kind. It's the only kind and, that um, matters. <laughs> and a lot of guns, when, the, when the, um, the buyback thing after the Port Arthur, you know, um, false flag, uh, occurred like a lot of people's guns just got stolen. Yeah, you know, they they went missing, and the police in the country towns were like, "Yeah, righto, I can't be bothered organizing, you know, looking for that because you'd never find it in a farm. A farm would just like have it, you know, sitting in an old rainwater tank or you know, buried ten meters under the ground and stuff like that. You dig it up, pull it out of the gun box. Yeah. So I got a oh, I got a video we can watch for our blast from the past segment. Uh, can you guys see it? Let's yeah. see. All right. Let me, uh... Oh yeah, I can see you're clicking a bit here. Get bigger. Move it. Here we go. People at home can watch. Is that, a, is that a teacher pointing at a blackboard? Yes. So here's a here nice educational video. Oh, small town. You hear the music? Yep. I hear it. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Sounds like Disney Street. It's not so very different from thousands like it all over the United States. Smaller, perhaps, than some you've known, yet large enough to service the needs of the local About population. About to get psyoped. It has a modern drugstore where you can find hundreds of items from aspirin and razor blades to Cokes and chocolate sundaes. As usual, it's the favorite hangout for the younger set who spend their leisure time indulging in laughter calories, and that great American institution, the jukebox. I can't think of the last time I've seen a jukebox. I can't, because it's actually relatively recent. There's a department. Oh, was it at a bar? No, it was in, it was in New York. Oh, okay. A During the latest spring fashions. Look, they've gone from poodle skirts to horse skirts. A hardware store. They're offering a special on gardening tools today. A library. Nice lot. What's that? Strangely enough, its doors are always locked. But there are many strange things about this town. Even a casual observer would note the utter cleanliness of the streets and houses. He would also receive the impression that everything in town was brand new, as though it had sprung up overnight. Oh, the Mormons are here. <laughs> Another Mormon. A closer it's examination of the inhabitants would reveal that all of them seem to be in their early 20s. Policemen, businessmen, mechanics. Oh, it's a refugee camp. Huh? Even more unusual of older people. Uh, they're all they're they're all fighting age men. And <sighs> children. No matter where you look, there aren't any children. Some nice cars, huh? Yet the population seems large enough. And busy enough.
Most of the activity seems to center around. Back when they knew how to do math in their head, they could count back your chains. I can still do that. As a matter of fact, the town is merely an extension of these classrooms. This is a nicer dress for class. The students here have been handpicked from thousands of applicants all over the country. Although they may come from different walks of life, certain characteristics are common to all. They are brilliant and determined. These look like they found a banjo. To the subject of motor travel in the United States of America. You will find that as you drive from city to city, few Americans any longer use the centralized hotels which have been a part of their past. Instead, they use small places of residence on the outskirts of cities, on the main highways, which are called motels, motor hotels, motor courts, and the like. But first, before going into this subject more in more detail, we will see a short training film in which you will see demonstrations of devices which have been used successfully in the past, as well as some of the latest models that are available. Pay close attention. Is this the trunk? Training film within a training film. Mm. Uh, meta. This is a typical American motel. They can be found all over the United States. Since most Americans use automobiles as their basic mode of transportation, motels have become very popular. Because of the luxurious facilities that most motels offer, motels luxury pick one. Even those who travel by rail or air seem to prefer them to the ordinary hotels that are found near transportation terminals. As you can see, the interior of this room offers many opportunities for the use of surreptitious listening devices. A few years ago, the only devices available to us were tiny microphones which could be installed behind the walls or under the floors. However, the interaction of microphones took time, and the accompanying wire made them susceptible to discovery. Today, we are no longer faced with that problem. To the unpracticed eye, there is nothing suspicious about this room. Nevertheless, these men are, for all practical purposes, speaking directly into a microphone. As part of the decor, most motel rooms display inexpensive lithographs enclosed in a simple frame. Bum, bum, bum. This one, however, is used to camouflage one of the simplest devices available. Enclosed within the frame, behind the print, is a complete battery-operated microphone and transmitter. There are no wires or buttons visible. The batteries can operate continuously for more than 200 hours and are easily obtained. The advantages that this unit possesses are obvious. A new picture can simply be exchanged with one already in the room, or if time permits, the existing picture can be utilized by inserting the transmitter kit into the frame. Three-fourths of an inch is the minimum thickness of frame that is required for installation. Reception is usually excellent, no matter where the voices are located in the room.
uh, enough production figure for DC, I have the estimated daily production of three. What do you show unit cost at? The estimated unit cost? The second one down. Is uh, $5,245. Not only can a conversation be plainly heard, but a permanent record made, one that can be used for future reference, simply by using this small tape recorder in conjunction with the rest of the equipment. This is like the Australian government listening into the Timor government about oil. A block away, sometimes up to a quarter of a mile away, if conditions are just right. You could probably do that with a cell phone. A passerby would notice nothing out of the ordinary here. Just a motorist checking his route on a road map. Appearances can deceive. That hearing aid in his ear is actually wired to a tiny receiver, which allows no him to hear what is being said in the motel room. I think they should. A permanent record of the conversation can be made under these circumstances just as easily as if he were hidden from view. I blame Masad. The recorder can be hidden quite. Say, didn't this happen in the Watergate Hotel? Yep. There is enough wire on the spools to record. Nixon, Nixon saw this. None of this would have happened. Necessary. Volume controls are been, simple to make. Would have been saved. Nixon, not Nixon. However, entry is not necessary in order to hear what is being said within a room. If the wall is so thick that the sound waves are blurred or otherwise indistinct, a long metal probe can be attached to the mic and pushed through the inner wall to the inside of the wall of the other room. Once you lose your deposit the for doing that, then pass from the wall through the probe to the microphone. It's probably a chip rocker and painter as well. Emanating from the next room. The contact microphone has other uses. Because of its small size, it is easily concealed. Very cash and can money be used even in with success. <laughs> It is a simple matter to lean against a telephone booth without attracting attention. I'm sure the kids these days are the like, what the hell is a telephone booth? in a coat or trouser pocket. Oh, you do? Yeah, ever since 9-11, they got rid of them in New York the City. Conversation can be heard clearly well, all the ones in Australia, free calls now. The microphone is used in conjunction with a receiver that may be located either on the body of the carrier or positioned some distance away. These are only a few of the devices that are available. Let's look at them again. The picture frame transmitter. It can transmit all the sounds in an average room as far as a quarter of a mile under optimum conditions. Pretty good range. The contact microphone with different sized probes. It may be used with or without the probes and will faithfully reproduce all the sounds within an average room. Right on. Wristwatch mic. It will pick up a voice clearly up to a distance of 12 feet. The tie clasp microphone. Its range is also 12 feet. These small microphones will reproduce all sounds in an average sized room. I might drop out soon, my recorder can operate continuously for four hours. Yeah, we're almost done. The small tape recorder, which can fit into a shirt pocket, can record continuously for one hour. Thanks for being on, though, man. 
It's cool, man. These Pleasure. are some of the tools of your trade. Weapons of democracy. Learn them well. Yes. Well, the government is always listening and watching. It's Weapons so democratic. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds very, very democratic. Oh, shit, we're back to the regular training video. Yes. It's like Inception. Opportunity to try each of the devices which you saw in the film. We'll take each of them in turn, learn what makes them work, and then practice the different installations. It is now 12 o'clock. Class is dismissed until 1. What does that mean? Like they have a lunch break or they have to go spy on people for an hour? No, this is no ordinary college. They're spying on each other, the trying to get each other's notes. Conventional courses in American it's like in Naruto. Cheating. Well, let's say cheating is encouraged in this class. Yeah. Is this army major I know? Retired. He said all he needs is someone's mobile phone number and he can track everything that they're doing on that phone. We started training 88 minutes ago. Very cool. The students you see here had to pass some of the most difficult entrance exams in the world. They are a special. Not more clearly. They have to be. The rest of the town's population is just as special. The entire town is a duplicate of what you would find all over the United States. It has modern stores, familiar brand names. The menus offer nothing but standard American dishes. The theater shows the latest Hollywood productions. But it's completely isolated from other population centers. It is Detroit. And entirely surrounded by barbed wire and armed guards. Melbourne. It's quite the sinister sounding music. in the central Ukraine, one of the southern Soviet socialist republics. The entire town is Plot a twist. school designed I like to a good twist like that. how to live, think, and react like their American counterparts. They drive American cars and obey American traffic regulations. They follow the latest news of America, from sports to Hollywood scandals. Their English is not only flawless, but they specialize in dialects and accents. All of the inhabitants in town are instructors. They coach the students how to conduct themselves. They're even taught how to buy like an American. I will use my credit card. <laughs> I too I love suck. debt. I love being in debt. <laughs> American Express is the fence that surrounds it. I am a good goyim. I love debt-based economics. 
Winitsa. Shekels. School for Spies. <laughs> Small Town, USSR. <laughs> Fucking music. We will control the goyim. Ah, uh, yes, time to drink goy blood. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's the end of our show. Uh, senior Quesos, or anybody anywhere on social media you want people to follow you on? Um, well, uh, Antonio Queso on Facebook. Um, uh, on MeWe, there's the alt of Andrew Jennings. <laughs> um, that's probably the main two forums I'm on. I'm on Telegram as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on our show. I'm glad you could join us today. I understand there's one hell of a time difference. We really appreciate you coming out here and telling us your story. Uh, but it's a bit of a bonus for me because you guys are sitting there having a couple of like, alcoholic beverages on the show, and I thought, well, I've got to do the same. Of We've course. got to be unified. It's, it's only I've, had, I've, had, I've had three three brandies and Coke for breakfast. <laughs> That's a breakfast of champions. Yeah, dude. Hell. Oh, yeah. Hell. Yeah. Hell, but spelled South wrong. Australian, South Australian black bottle Hardy's brandy. It's, there we it's, go. It's good. So. That sounds. All right, good. guys. Take care. Well, Take I care. think all we need to do is like stay strong, keep pushing the real narrative, not the false narrative, and um, stay connected. Because the only way we're going to overcome all this bullshit is if we unify against it. So. Damn, solidarity, brother. Yeah. Inshallah, like, 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 <laughs> oh yeah, inshallah, <laughs> But like what one of the things I say is like when I have my anonymous mask on it goes like we are many. We are millions. They are few. Together, yeah. if we unite, we can crush them like ants. But that's true. Yeah. It's just everyone's gotta stop being divided, yeah. unify and work out who the real enemy is. We know yes. who it is. You know. The enemy yes. tribe. We just need to educate these normies. Educate these normies. Yes. Okay. Yes, Wendigo, <laughs> do you have any uh, social media you want people to follow? Uh, no, I have social media I might share with you, though. That's about it. Van, do you have anything that you want people to follow you on? Van went to sleep. <laughs> well, you can follow me on Twitter. I am Master Roshi's Turtle Hermit Boomer posting at Big Sip a Monster. You can also follow the show on uh, Atomic Shaman Sweat Lodge at Motel and RV Park. Uh, thank you for tuning in. In two weeks, I will try to get Tom Pappard on the show. You might know him from God Emperor Trump. Uh, page, but he also hosts on Infowars, and I'd like to see if we can get him on for a 9-11 show and hear what he thinks about the conspiracy of 9-11. That would be great. Can we talk about the schedule for tomorrow or next show, So just so I can clear it up? Because I can do, pretty sure I can do Saturday or... I just um, okay. I, I just I just stopped the show. So okay, we can talk about that. <laughs> all right, okay. stop the show now. <laughs> <laughs>